This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself. Null and Void, a piece of cake podcasted network production. You know that feeling? That feeling after you've tossed back a shot of vodka or whiskey or rum and you take that first breath, filling your lungs with burning sweet oxygen and a weight settles in your chest that doesn't let up until hours later when you're finally crawling, blitzed out of your mind, back into bed? Or that feeling after you've taken the last hit from a bong, using the remaining scrapings of resin and you exhale, sinking further and further into the couch, scared to face the reality that you have to face tomorrow sober because you've run out of medication. And it's not like you can take anything else from your savings because God knows you need the money to move out of your shitty apartment and go on some grand cross-country adventure with the car you wish you had. Or even that feeling of walking into your empty apartment greeted only by the hungry cries of your soot-colored cat echoing down the empty halls. And after you fed her, you just sit down on the couch, phone in hand, staring at a blank TV screen, because what's the use of doing anything? And why are you holding your phone anyways? No one ever calls or texts except for your mother, but you hate seeing her number on the screen, so what's the use of even picking up? You can't even do yourself the favor of dying, because God knows you don't have any friends who will watch your cat. And yet, nothing interest you anymore. Not even the thought of swinging slowly from a rope, your dead eyes turned down, watching your feet sway over the water under the bridge. I forgot where I was going with this. I forget a lot these days. It might be the weed. It might be the depression. Maybe it's just boredom. I can't remember the last time I actually spoke to someone outside of work. Hell, even my brother Alex could barely pick up the phone to talk. It must have been years now since I've even seen him in person. The friends forced to hang out with me due to proximity or a shared loneliness finally came to their senses at some point and fucked off. Every dating app that ever decorated the glass on my phone screen had run dry. Masturbating no longer produced enough dopamine to make it worth the effort. I was stuck. And then I met her. The woman with lips like cherries and storm cloud eyes that pierced my heart and ripped me asunder. It was pouring rain that day. I, of course, had forgotten my umbrella or hadn't bothered with one. By the grace of God, or I guess the city transport service, there was a shelter at this particular bus stop, so I was able to get a short reprieve from the rain. I was digging through my purse looking for the pack of cigarettes I had stuffed deep down in hopes that I would forget they were there and finally quit. Wiping the rain from my eyes, I ripped the crumpled box from my bag, spilling lip gloss, a breakfast bar, and a plethora of trinkets I never used or thought about and cursing scrambled for the spilled contents, scooping the wet mess into my arms. As I collected my things and my thoughts, I heard someone approaching the stop. I looked up to see a young woman standing there, silhouetted by the harsh streetlight. 
The woman had no umbrella, but in spite of the rain, she was completely dry. Her hair was shaved entirely off, and I could see the glint of some silver design snaking across the sides of her head. A gentle smile fell across her lips as she looked my soaking wet form up and down. I stood up, haphazardly shoving everything back into my purse and gave her a tight smile. Could I smoke next to her? Maybe I should move. I don't want to bother her. She'll probably judge me for smoking. God, she's pretty. Who smokes anymore? I need to stop smoking. Stop destroying my lungs. But what does it matter? I'm going to die anyway. (laughs) Might as well get some enjoyment out of it. Not that I... Mind if I bum one? Sorry, what? A cigarette. Mind if I bum one? It's, uh, it's been a day. Uh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Here. I handed her a stick and she pulled a lighter from her back pocket. I stuck a cigarette in my mouth, shoving the pack back in my purse as she lit her own cigarette and leaned closer, lighting mine. I inhaled sucking down the smooth, cool smoke and watched as she did the same. We stood in silence, puffing away, watching the rain pour down. Where the fuck is this bus? Is it running late? Fucking rain. Am I even at the right bus spot? That's stupid. It's been the same stop for months. They wouldn't just change it. Maybe it's been canceled and I'll be stuck here forever, just waiting. I could always walk home. No, that would take me almost an hour. Plus, I don't have an umbrella. If I left now, I could probably make it before dark, but what if I get mugged, or murdered, or kidnapped, or... How long have you been waiting? What? The bus? (laughs) How long have you been waiting for it? Oh, um, like, five minutes? Are you okay? What? Oh my god, stop saying what. What are you, a fucking idiot? Just say something normal, anything normal. I... Well, you had this look on your face. Like, you were upset about something. Are you alright? What a question. Am I okay? No, I'm not. But do I want to tell a complete stranger that I had no will to live but not enough motivation to kill myself? So now I'm stuck in this gray limbo of will I, won't I, and oh god, she's staring at me. Say something, idiot. God, she's so pretty. Stop making a fool of yourself. I swear to god, say something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Like you said, it's been a day. It's okay if you aren't okay. I know you probably don't want a soapbox to a stranger. It's just, you you had this look about you. Like if you kept thinking your feet would turn to stone and you'd just be trapped there. Thinking and scowling until you withered away. You looked like you needed a friend. I honestly don't know what to say to that. (laughs) I'm Adelaide. I'm Piper. Well, fantastic to meet you, Piper. I hope your thoughts will be happy and light. Wait, are you going to wait for the bus? (laughs) <laughs> no, I, uh, I just wanted to make sure you were all right. Thanks for the cigarette. I watched as she walked away, wafts of smoke trailing behind her, shining bright against the streetlight. Something in my soul told me to go after her, but as I took my first step in her direction, the bus screeched to a halt in front of me. 
I took one last look after Adelaide, but she had disappeared into the rain and the dark. I waited at that bus stop every day for a week, just hoping she would appear. But she never showed, and life went on. And on, and on, and on, and on, until it couldn't anymore. Mm. Hello? Good morning, sleepyhead. It's time to get up. What? Who is this? Oh, you've forgotten me already. And I thought we had such a nice conversation the other day. Adelaide, how the hell did you get my number? That's not important right now. What is important is that you listen. Don't take the bus home this evening. Call an Uber, walk home, I don't care. Just don't take the bus. Now, get out of bed. You're going to be late for work. I'll see you soon. Wait, Adelaide, hold on. And she was gone. I looked through my call history to save her number, but there were no new calls listed. The last one on record was from over two weeks ago, an incoming call from my mother lasting about five minutes. I groaned and settled back into bed, closing my eyes. Had it been a dream? Had I imagined the call? I must have. No one calls me. No one talks to me or gives me vague warnings about taking the bus. The bus. Fuck. The bus. I'm going to be late for work. I leapt out of bed, put on my uniform, threw some food in the general direction of the cat's bowl, and rushed out of the apartment towards my morning bus stop. I turned the corner, my feet pounding the cement, and heard the telltale screech of the bus as it rolled to a stop in front of its spot. I climbed on, gasping for air, and took the closest seat I could find. As the bus sped away, I shut my eyes, leaning my head back, breathing deep, trying to prepare myself for the day ahead. In too short a time, the bus pulled up to the tall gray office building that was Void Networks, the largest telecommunications center in the state. More than half the town worked for the company, from cell tower technicians to their own private security force. Granted, I was also a part of the Void workforce, but my job was nothing glorious. I worked in the mailroom, sorting envelopes and packages into different bins, and sorting those bins into different rooms to be shipped out to different places to a variety of people I would never see or meet. It was boring, but it meant I could just turn my brain off and work. I didn't have to focus on things like how I would be stuck in this mailroom sorting papers for $10 an hour, 50 hours a week, for years and years, growing old and miserable until I eventually die. Who resigns himself to a life like that? Certainly not me. Certainly not after I'd wasted my life at business school only to not be able to find any job since. And it's certainly not because I'm not making enough money to actually save any of it. It's not like my mother is disappointed that I could only get a mailroom job that barely helps to pay rent. Nope, certainly not me. Ten hours later, I dragged myself through Void Network's front doors and towards the bus stop. The bus shelter was empty, like always, so I collapsed onto the bench, pulled out a cigarette, and lit it, inhaling as much menthol as my lungs could handle. I exhaled, sinking into the smoke as it wafted around me. In no time, the bus pulled around the corner, rumbling towards me. I snubbed out the smoking stick, placed it back in the box, and stood up, stretching my arms high above my head. As my back cracked and relief traveled up my spine, I heard her. Piper. Do not get on the bus. Don't get on the bus. 
What could happen? It's a fucking bus. I've been riding the same one for years. Hell, I've had the same bus driver for just as long. I'll be okay. I could see from the street most of the seats were full. I would have to stand. I took a step towards the bus and felt a hand tug on the back of my shirt, almost yanking me backwards. Piper! I whirled around, frantically searching for her, but she wasn't there. Hey! You getting on? Oh, uh, no. I totally forgot something at work. I'll catch the next one. He shrugged, closed the door, and began to drive away. I stood there, watching my ride as it disappeared around the corner. Well, at least it wasn't raining. Fucking perfect. Why had I listened to Adelaide? She might have been some sort of weird hallucination. All it's gotten me is a long and damp walk home. As I trudged along, I could see the bus ahead of me idling at a red light a block ahead. Maybe I could catch up to it and beg the driver to let me on. As I was considering whether or not to run after them, the light turned green and the bus began to drive away. In the blink of an eye, a semi-truck barreled through the intersection, slamming into the bus. The two vehicles crunched together, sliding into several cars and landed in a twisted, horrid heap of smoke and metal. Before I could stop myself, I was sprinting towards the crash, my heart pounding in my chest. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. I was going to get on that bus. I should have been on that bus. I reached the warped lump of metal, searching for something, anything I could do to help. All I could see was shattered glass and bent shapes and blood. Oh God, the blood. Whose blood is that? Oh my God. Oh my God. I didn't see any movement from inside the bus. The car of the semi looked like a flattened soda can. People were beginning to get out of their cars. I took a step closer, my feet crunching glass. No one was moving. No one cried out. The bus was full of people. Why was no one doing anything? Not a single person attempted to get out of the wreckage or call for help. It was silent, completely silent. I tried to move forward again, but my feet were glued to the pavement. Over the rain, the sound of sirens grew closer, but they were still so far away. Fire raced across the metal, and in moments, the bus was alight. I could feel the heat on my face, but the warmth of it could not penetrate the cold that gripped my chest. Bystanders started screaming, filling the silence with noise. So much noise, and none of it was helping anyone. Someone led me away from the wreckage, and lips pressed against my ear. Don't look, dear. Don't look. Go home. I'll see you soon. I barely remember how I got back to my apartment. My brain kept repeating the events over and over again. The crunch as the truck impacted, the screech of metal against metal, and the soft flickering of flame that grew into a roar. I imagined what it must have been like to see the truck barreling into me, to feel the fire lick across my skin, singeing my flesh and charring my broken bones. The local news station reported that the truck driver had fallen asleep at the wheel and most likely died on impact. He left 23 people dead, 11 with serious injuries, not a single person left unscathed. Except for me, I guess. 
a list of the deceased was released, and I made sure to memorize each and every name, making sure they were burned into my mind. A mother of four, a volunteer firefighter, someone's son, someone's partner, gone in the blink of an eye. I wanted to stop by the hospital to pay my respects to those who survived, tell them I was so sorry I couldn't do anything. I went to the building four times over the course of three days, but stopped short of the entrance every time. Who was I to wish them well? I knew something bad was going to happen. I could have warned them, could have stopped this from happening. If I hadn't taken so long that day, maybe the bus wouldn't have hit the red light and the semi wouldn't have hit them. Or if I had actually acted, I could have pulled someone from the wreck, could have done something, anything to help. Or if I had gotten on the stupid bus, I could have finally been done with this miserable planet. Why hadn't I died? Because a mysterious voice in my head told me not to get on? I should have died with them, or instead of them. Who was I to have survived? I wasn't worth anything to the world. I wasn't a mother or a volunteer. I ate, I slept, I worked a shit job, I helped nobody. It would have been better if I had died, if it meant that they had lived. I should have- Excuse me, miss? I think you dropped this. I reached out and took it without thinking, mumbling a quick thanks. I looked down at what they had given me. In my hands was a bright pink flyer. Not mine. I would have crumbled it and tossed it away, but the text from the flyer caught my eye. What little awareness I had for my surroundings faded away as the world grew muffled and blurry. I could only focus on the paper in my hand. In big, bold, handwritten letters were the words, Have you heard from Adelaide? There was a number scrawled at the bottom as if it was merely an afterthought, along with instructions to call and ask for Dodger. I nearly ripped my purse in half trying to find my phone. Lipsticks, cigarettes, nail file, books, papers. God, why did I have so much useless stuff? When I finally found my phone shoved in my back pocket, my hands were shaking so hard I had to dial the number twice. Breathing hard, I pressed the phone against my ear and waited. Hello? My voice caught in my throat. What do I say? Hey, a girl I'm not 100% sure is real saved my life and I want to track her down to prove to myself that I'm not insane. Hello? Hi. Yeah. Sorry. Is this Dodger? I found your flyer and I... Have you heard from her? What? Did Adelaide call you? I... Is she real? Dude, answer the question. Yes. Yes. She called me to warn me. That bus incident from a few days ago, I was supposed to... We're meeting tonight. I'll text you the address. Wait! Is she real? Dodger? We'll talk in person. Come tonight. I'll explain everything there. Null and Void was written by Cole Burkhart and edited by Sterling Ray and Amber Holtz. The episode you just heard was sound designed by Donald Guzzi and featured the voices of Winona Wyatt as Piper, Danielle Ellett as Adelaide, Azul Nova as Dodger, James Oliva as the bus driver, and Amara Augustine as the random but helpful street goer. Hello everyone, uh, Cole Burkhardt here. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Null and Void. I really hope you enjoy it. 
um, real quick, I want to give a special thanks, well, to, <laughs> to everybody. I'd like to start off by thanking the producers for this season. Amara Augustine, Ann Bard, Daniel Sang, and Katie Human. thank you so much for your generous contribution. I'd also like to thank the following people, and please, please forgive me for any names I say incorrectly. Thank you so much to Tal Miner, Laura San Lorenzo, Christopher Madliton, Richard Cruz Landry, Jeff Van Dressen, Amy Giacomucci, and I'm very sorry, Amy, I know I should know how to pronounce your last name by now, Ayla Taylor, Cassie Josephs, David M. Reinstorm, Dwayne Favor, Fireside Folk Tales, Jennifer Murray, Jennifer Sugden, Michelle Nicolaisen, Abby Norling Gruggles, Alice Tobin, Amelia Brownwell, Bob Raimonda, Claudia Elvidge, Faye Onyx, Gavin Kay, Jeff Stormer, love you buddy, Kyle Decker, Leslie Joyce, Madeline Dorda, Madison Upton, Marnie Warner, Max Kapurik, Tess Casey, Whitney Johnson, Scythia Sanginthi, Andrea Klesson, Luisa Lopez, Priscilla Torbanchian, and Senda Lenon. Thank you all so much for everything you've done throughout the course of this campaign. The cast and crew really appreciate it, and we'll see you in two weeks for episode two.